Welcome to the Sermon Amp Podcast. I'm Joseph Wheat, pastor and host, and today we're going to be looking back at the conclusion of the book of Ephesians, the last three verses on the protective power of relationships. But stick around to the second segment of the podcast, and you will meet Jotter Bruno Santos, our leader of young adults at Highlands, who is from Brazil. But first, let's go back for the sermon amp or amplification of Ephesians 6, 21 through 24. I've got your back. We hear that from people from time to time, and we really appreciate them saying it. It means you don't have eyes on the back of your head, and I will protect you from certain things in your life. We completed the full armor of God in Ephesians 6 last week. But one last thing, it's not a piece of armor, but it is the protective power of relationships. There's armor for every part but the back on that Roman soldier and in the full armor of God. Why? Because we are supposed to have one another's back. Basically, we need people committed to Christ who can be connected with us and us do the same for other people. We look into these last verses of Ephesians and we hear the name Tychicus. If you go over to Colossians chapter 4 and the end of the book of Colossians, which is very parallel to Ephesians, Tychicus is not only mentioned there, but about six other names. These were the committed friends of the Apostle Paul, who is chained to a Roman guard in jail as he is dictating and writing these letters to Colossians and the the letter to the Ephesians. So these people, they're committed to Christ and the kingdom. We need folks like that. You know, we've got buddies, we've got family members, and they all have a place in our lives. Maybe our family members, which obviously we didn't choose, um, but we love them because they're our family. Some of them are believers, some of them are not. Uh, And then the people we went to school with or maybe college with, maybe that we were buddies with them. Some of them are believers, some are not. But God has a specific purpose for committed to Christ people who are also committed to us and connected in an emotional way who really care. Paul wanted connection with his brothers and sisters in Ephesus He says that he wants to be known. That's a part of a close relationship. Ephesians 6, 21 says, so that you also may know how I am and what I'm doing. Tychicus, the beloved brother and faithful minister in the Lord, will tell you everything. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage your hearts. Don't you love that? Paul, the type A missionary leader, wants to be known, and he also wants their hearts to be encouraged. You know, for us to really encourage people, we have to know what discourages people, and to know what discourages them, we need a relationship with them. We need a connection, but through that connection, those committed to Christ friends can truly encourage our hearts. Proverbs 27, 17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Paul ends this letter 
by wanting to give them a blessing that only a believer could give. Verse 23, peace be to the brothers and love and faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace be with you all who love the Lord Jesus Christ with a love incorruptible. Peace, love, faith, grace. These are the intentional blessings that can only come from our believing friends, our, the friends committed to Christ and the kingdom, our brothers and sisters. I know when I came to the Lord in college, I had so many friends that did not know the Lord yet. I call people pre-believers rather than unbelievers. But I began to develop new friends, never got rid of my old ones, these new Christian friends. And you know what? I found out that I could love my older friends even better because I was learning how to love in Christ. But I also found out that I really needed these believing friends in a new and different way. And for me, it was the difference between friends and brothers. It was where the prayer I needed would come from. It was where the encouragement of my heart would come from and love, protection, encouragement in many ways for them, from me and the Lord as well. It was knowing and being known and loving. And it was a little like armor for my back and a little like wind to my back, propelling me forward in Christ, forward into the spiritual fight. And this relationship over and over, with various believers that God has placed in my life has kept me focused and refocused on the Lord and the prize of the upward calling of Christ in God's kingdom. We've got your back, friends who are brothers and sisters. That's how Ephesians ends. Welcome to the second segment of the podcast. I'm sitting here with my dear friend, Jotter Bruno Santos from Brazil. Uh, he says Sapolo or something like that. I say Sao Paulo because I'm from the South. Uh, Jotter, who works with our young adults, uh, student at RTS, and very beloved at Highlands, welcome to the Sermon Ant Podcast. Thank you. Thank you, Joseph. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Say Sao Paulo for us. Sao Paulo. There it is. There's that, there's that, there's that really wonderful way to say it. Um, Jotter, I remember very clearly meeting you um, when we were looking for a young adults leader, mm -hmm. God led us to Randon Schleiden, and Randon did a great job. Mm -hmm. Randon's got tremendous gifts, and one of those gifts is gathering people, and you guys just kind of found each other at seminary, and um, one of the things I love about you is you, you wanted to be a part of this ministry. You wanted to serve. And um, I'll never forget the lunch I had with you where I said, hey, we've got to have you as an intern as well. Mm -hmm. uh, we, I went and found uh, some, some money, some remuneration mm -hmm. for you, um, and you said I would do it for free, Joseph. Mm -hmm. And I've always loved that. And uh, you've got an incredibly tender heart, and one of the things that we on staff love uh, Randon went on to some other things, and you took up the reins of the Rooted Group. Mm -hmm. Shout out to the Rooted Group, yeah. our young adults group. Fantastic group, and they have really loved you. Uh, we've seen that group grow. We've seen them grow spiritually, 
And um, we'll get to more toward the end of the podcast that the sad thing is I needed to go ahead and sit down with Jotter because he'll be graduating in December Mm -hmm. and going back to Brazil. It's kind of sad, but there's a lot of story to tell before we get to that. So Jotter, would you mind uh, taking us back to Brazil and talking about your childhood Jotter's dad is a fantastic pastor, Presbyterian minister in Sao Paulo, and uh, quite a movement leader uh, in his own right of the Presbyterian movement in Brazil. And um, I've gotten to know um, Valdeci. Well, yeah, thank you. I've been working (laughs) on that. And he's phenomenal, and I think he's very proud of his sons, plural, Will you tell us about your family and your upbringing? Yeah. Um, well, I, I grew up. I grew up in in Brazil. I grew up in Vitória. Um, it was the name. It's called Victory. Victory. L- literally, <laughs> um, is the city that we grew up in. And my father actually came to RTS in 1995. I was five years old. So a lot of I have really good memories of Jackson, Mississippi, and I grew up here. You're for kind five of a Mississippian. Years. Yeah, a little bit. A little <laughs> bit. I had a I had a Southern accent when, when I was younger. Um, so it was just growing up here at RTS uh, with the culture, with the people. It was really good, and we went back, and I just I was able to see my father in ministry a lot and sort of living that life, and he's a professor as well. And growing up in Brazil, um, we've always moved around a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's been really good uh, for me, for my brother, just growing up in, in a lot of different cultures, a lot of different places, and and it was, I mean, it's a fantastic childhood. Yeah, I can't, can't complain. Okay, so there's two of you, mm-hmm. and um, Jodder's just got a a really ministry-oriented family, and we're going to find out that they weren't necessarily predicting Jotter would be in the uh, ministry at one point. But tell us I. a little bit about your brother, and then then kind of head back to your upbringing. Yeah, so I have an older brother, Danilo Santos. Uh, he's two years older, and he's always been sort of— you, you would look at him even as a child, and you could say he's probably going to ministry. You could <laughs> tell he's one of those. I was the opposite, you know, <laughs> Where people were a little scared, I was, I was more of the black sheep of the family. <laughs> uh, but it's interesting. He also came to RTS, mm-hmm. uh, and and um, he got his. He just recently got his PhD. He's teaching in a seminary in Brazil, and he's a he's a pastor. As Where did well. he get his PhD, Jutter? At Westminster. That's right. Yeah, Westminster. I knew that. And um, so yeah, and then I went to. I got. I have a business degree. I went into investment banking, and all right, stop, stop, stop. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, you grew up a PK, a preacher's kid. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, you're testing the limits. You're you're wondering about who God is. Um, I know my own story is like that. Kind of, I don't know if that starts in high school. Take us to where you you veer from God, mm-hmm. and and I know you played soccer here in the United mm-hmm. States and. Give us some of those details about about not only where you went, but what that was like. Yeah, well, I always grew up, you know, you said I'm a PK. I grew up in a Christian home. I grew up ever since I remember. My dad's been a pastor ever since I was I was born. I was little. Uh, so I grew up around ministry. I didn't know anything else. And it was sort of in high school, that's when I, you know, began wanting to do my own thing, I guess, mm-hmm. and figure out things for myself. But I was still living at home. I'm mm-hmm. still under that 
umbrella, I guess. Yeah, and by the way, parents. that's a great umbrella. Marty, um, Jotter's mom. Marty. Matey. Matey. Yeah. Okay, I don't get that right. Yeah, Sorry, Sorry <laughs> Matey, if you're listening. Matey is amazing yeah. as well. Yeah. I mean, God really gave you. You had a great yeah, umbrella I, to I live under. I did have a good umbrella, yeah. I feel very, very bad for them. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it was really in college, I think, you know, very similar to a lot of people. You, you get away from home. You get away from that umbrella, and you want to do things on your own. And that's really where I, I remember making the decision uh, that I was going to try to live without God. Yeah. I, it was really a decision that I made in my mind and in my heart, um, and it was, it was terrible. <laughs> so, But mm-hmm. for two years, I came to college here in the United States. Where'd you go? I went to the Master's College in California. Yeah, John MacArthur's College yes, out there. Yeah, yeah. Santa, Santa uh, Clarita. And it's a, you know, it's a Christian college, but you have a lot of room and a lot of time and a lot of space to do what you want to do. In California. In California, yeah. So that's what I did. Yeah, were you playing soccer at the I time? I was playing soccer, yeah. I came. I was playing soccer in high school, and I was able to get a, to get a, a scholarship to go um, play at the Master's College, and it was, yeah. it was fantastic, but my choices weren't really <laughs> as good. Um, and then I went back to Brazil uh, after two years. Mm-hmm. And although I, I remember I, you know, I confessed to my parents, I felt bad for what I did, for the way mm-hmm. that I was living my life. Uh, but it was more a regret than true repentance. Yeah. And remorse. Remorse. Mm-hmm. It didn't last. Mm-hmm. Um, so after a while, I continued, uh, you know, living in a in a bad way, and it got to the point where I rebelled against my parents. And, you know, now I wasn't, I wasn't away from them anymore. I didn't ha- have to hide things from them. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time where I was really sort of in their face, disobedient um, to them and saying, you know, I want to try things out for my own. And I, and I stopped going to church, and I moved out of my house, out of my parents' house, and I was living with a friend. Um, and I guess God just one by one went taking things away from me that I thought was mm. the meaning of life and, and yeah. sort of brought me to my knees where I had nothing else but to, to cry to him. So you finished school at that time and mm. ended up, did you, what did you say, in the banking world? Yes, I did. So I did business administration, and I went to investment banking. Um, and that was, that was sort of one of the things I was searching for in life as mm-hmm. well, uh, my career was very important. Money was very important. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wanted a job that made me feel important, and banking, investment banking definitely does that. Yeah. By the way, Jotter just described most everybody and, <laughs> and some of our idols and yeah. and good desires that go that get too much yeah. importance. Yeah. I remember one day in the bank, I started looking around and um, at the people around me. And many, many had lost their families because of their job. Mm-hmm. Uh, they would just constantly brag about money, pretty much, about mm-hmm. how much they made, about material things. And I just remember sitting there one day, and I said, you know, that's, that's not really what I want. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want. I wanted a family. I wanted children. I, I valued that. Um, and that sort of started crumbling down that, that dream for me. And I think God was working in my heart and in my mind to to show me that there was something better out there. Yeah, so what, what brought you back to a, a, a real pursuing relationship with Christ? Yeah, there was one night where uh, all this was going on in my mind and in my heart. Um, 
all my relationships had failed, you know, my work had failed, everything that I had really put my trust and hope in had, had failed. And this one night, I didn't know what else to do, and I just cried out to the Lord. I hadn't, I hadn't prayed, I hadn't read my Bible or anything or gone to church in so long, but I was just really desperate, and I, I just cried out. And I, all I said was, God, please help me. Mm. Please help me. And that's all. Mm. But it was the most sincere prayer I think I've ever had. Yeah. And I knew at that moment that God heard me. Mm. And and things started changing. And I started I went back to to my parents' house after a while. I t- yeah. But I began trying to fix my relationship with them. I began coming back to church every once in a while and reading scriptures and, and God just worked in my heart. It took a while. Mm-hmm. It wasn't it wasn't one day to the next type of transformation. It took yeah, a while. and by the way, I think that's important for those of you in the listening audience. We we often hear the testimony of one night I was struck by God and everything changed that moment. Most change is what I call slow arcing change. Mm-hmm. That's what the Holy Spirit's kind of doing and working into our lives. In, in a way that we can handle it and process it, metabolize it, mm-hmm. and really become. We're in this process of becoming more like Christ. Mm-hmm. I like that testimony. It's more like the transformation that's happening in, in most people's lives. Yeah, and, and you know, I, I fell many times after, um, and I had to work through things in, in my life. The, my sin had a lot of deep consequences mm. that lasted even after I started going back to church, that I had to, to work out with. And, and I had to work at my relationship with my father and, and my mother that had been ruined, and yeah. it took time. It took well, they time. really love you. Uh, we'll, we'll talk about an important person in Jotter's life in a moment, the reason Gina and I went down to Sao Paulo, mm-hmm. but we did get to be with Valdeci and Mady, and they love their sons, plural. Um, God began to call you to ministry at some point. Yes. Well, it was really, it was really, um, I felt like it was something that I always had in the back of my mind mm-hmm. ever since I was, I was a child, but I constantly ignored it. I didn't want anything to do with ministry. In fact, there was a time I remember my uncle asked me, uh, so your, your father is a pastor, your older brother is going into ministry, are you going to go as well? <laughs> And I remember telling him I would never go into ministry, <laughs> and I'm sure God was laughing at me at that. I moment. would never. <laughs> yeah, those are yeah, dangerous words. Dangerous words. Um, but yeah, I remember saying that to him, and yeah. and I really didn't want to go into ministry, um, but it just got to a point where I knew that I was running away from God, and I just mm-hmm. couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was it was really sort of like a. Um, I guess giving up. Giving up doesn't sound... Yeah, doesn't surrendering sound, yeah, to surrendering. God. It yeah. was a surrendering uh, to God and to what to His purposes. Yeah. So. Well, you, you've got great gifts for ministry, Jotter. Jotter's a really fine leader. You've got great pastoral gifts. You love the Word. You really love God's people. Um, okay, so that leads you to RTS, mm-hmm. and uh, that's where you and I meet. Uh, that's where you start coming to Highlands, and... Um, we, we, we get in this, this um, relationship of serving together as colleagues. We view our interns. You, you don't hear us say interns. I'm using it just to explain. We view them kind of as um, just ministry leaders, almost like pastors in the making, really. Mm-hmm. 
And so we don't really talk about interns. We say the leader of young adults, et cetera. And we, we kind of expect up, you know, and, and Brad and I spend a lot of time uh, with the, the, the folks that he's training under our watch. But also we're watching, and we have seen, Jotter, how he is just growing you and growing your ability. Um, so there's a girl mm-hmm. back in Brazil. You know, it's yeah, always yeah. it's always going to be it's about a girl, about, right? Yeah. Tell us about her. Yeah, we met uh, Louisa. Louisa and I met at church in Brazil. Um, in your church, your dad's my, church. Yes, yes. Um, she she's from Brasilia, which is the capital of Brazil. Uh, but they moved to São Paulo and they moved to our neighborhood and started attending our church. Her and her family, and and we met. And after a while, we, we began speaking. It was actually, I was teaching a, a young adult Sunday school, mm-hmm. and I asked a question. I don't remember what it is, but I just remember she answered quoting the Westminster Catechism. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was really the— There's was, somebody raised Presbyterian. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I was impressed. Yeah. I was like, wow, she's, yeah. she just quoted the— Catechism chick. Yeah, the, the catechism. <laughs> So, was, you know, at least it sparked my interest, and we yeah. began we began talking, and I noticed just her her passion for for Christ, for the gospel, and that was that was something that um, was completely different, and it made me feel safe to pursue a relationship because her relationship with God was mature. Yeah. No, that was the real difference. Yeah. So the reason Gina and I got on airplane and went down to Sao Paulo and then to Brasilia. Um, was for the wedding of Jotter and Louisa, and listen, she is wonderful. Uh, we had heard all about her, and uh, I, I counseled, counseled Jotter a little yeah. bit in that relationship. <laughs> That's true. Um, I was always Louisa's advocate. Yeah, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> but um, what a beautiful wedding. I will never forget it. And being in Sao Paulo, it's I've never been in a city that large. Was it like 20 million or something? 27 million. 27 yeah. million. Um, and then Brasilia, much smaller, the capital. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a great experience for us with your parents. And Louise's parents are great. Mm-hmm. And she has a brother with a PhD, a yeah. Presbyterian minister. I mean, these people That's are true. smart. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, we loved that, and we were so glad when you brought her back here to Highlands. And that must have been a difficult transition for her, but she has just been such a trooper, and she has acclimated so well. Mm. People love her. Mm. And she's a great partner in ministry. Yeah, I'm glad to have her by my side. <laughs> <laughs> What's she like, Jotter? What, what is, tell them what Louise is like. She's... Um... She's very easygoing. Yeah. She's very easygoing. I think that's that was something that I really love about her. And she'll she'll she's very wise in choosing when to say something. Mm-hmm. Uh, many times she just doesn't say anything at all, or she waits for the perfect moment to say, "Hey, maybe you should do this, or maybe you should think this way, or something like that." Mm-hmm. That's very. It's very kind. It's very supporting, and it's yeah. just at the perfect moment. Yeah. And it's seldom wrong. Yeah. <laughs> if she's yeah. waiting and thinking about it. Yeah. So, that's scary, isn't it? <laughs> I have that in my life, too. She puts me on track when I, when I need it. Um, and she's just a huge encourager. She's a huge encourager, yeah. and it's, it's been a lot of help having her by my side. She's been a real factor in this Rooted ministry. Mm-hmm. It's so positive. And those, those uh, gals in the ministry just really, really love her. 
Um, so, you know, there's the young marriage, uh, the, the glowing yeah. uh, young couple. <laughs> and then, I mean, it just keeps getting better. Then something else happens. Yeah, yeah. Benjamin comes Benjamin. on the 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> it's about two weeks old, a little bit more than two yeah. weeks. I wish we could show you a picture on the podcast, yeah. <laughs> but it's just audio, of course. I met, Gina and I met Benjamin for the first time Sunday. He is so beautiful. Yeah, I'm glad he, he took after Louisa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's been that's been wonderful. It's uh, one, Even when we started dating Louisa and I, we've always wanted a lot of children. And... You know, we we're just so happy right now, and Louisa's a wonderful mom. She's yeah, a spectacular she is. Mom. You can just tell, and she loves being a mom as well. So that's that's really really good. It's been fantastic. Yeah. Well, the the bad thing about all this is Jotter's got to graduate, mm-hmm. and um, in December, uh, you and Louisa will be heading back down to Sao Paulo. We are um, not looking forward to that. And yet, I will say, a part of us is looking forward to that. One of the things that I committed to Jotter when he took over this ministry, I realized that Jotter was going to be a church planter in Sao Paulo, and uh, there's a lot of opportunity there, I believe, in his leadership. So every Friday, we've tried to talk on the phone or get together um, just to have some mentoring time of Jotter and and to, to kind of talk through leadership, talk through, I was a church planter Mm -hmm. um, many, 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 many years ago. (laughs) And that has been such a joy. I I have felt that it's, it's such a great investment Mm. uh, in your life and in the, uh, the movement down in Brazil. And of course, Val de C is just one of the finest ministers I know, your dad. And um, so you've got great folks down there that you're heading toward who care about you but I really think that Jotter will be a significant leader just as he learns ministry and grows. So what's going to tell us what 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 you'd like to see happen oh, you, when you yeah. move down there? Yeah, it's I mean it is bittersweet. Every time Louisa and I talk about it, we get teary-eyed and and we're going to we're going to miss Highlands or we're going to miss the people here. They've really become our family. Yeah. Um but we will stay in touch for sure. <laughs> um yeah, our we're we're planning on planning a church um, in a region that's very international. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of international people in Sao Paulo because of business, uh, a lot of Americans, um, a lot of Europeans, and there isn't a church uh, that they can go to. There isn't... There isn't that speaks English there, there as are, well as Portuguese. Yeah, there are American churches, but they're closed for the American community. Mm-hmm. So they're not necessarily international, yeah. and we I think there's a lot of space for an international church that will have both English and Portuguese services that w- we can um, just really be receptive of them and mm-hmm. and spread the gospel that way. Yeah, and be the body of Christ in a in a in a different expression, yeah. uh, whose time has come. Uh, Murambi. I don't know if that's where you'll exactly end up, yeah. but that's the. And that, did I say that right? Yes. Okay, that's like the area when Gina and I were down there. I said, "Now, Jotter, Gina and I need for you to come pick us up because you don't want to drive in Sao Paulo. It's yeah, dangerous." <laughs> so, uh, so they came and picked us up. And I want to go. We want to. We want to treat you to dinner in your target area. Mm-hmm. So we went to Murambi with with you and Luisa and had a great date night down in Murambi and. 
y'all, that that little newer little area of of Sao Paulo only has more skyscrapers than most of the yeah. cities I've been in. And how many people are just in that little area? Oh, that's a, that's a good question. I don't, I'm not sure. I yeah, mean, a lot. Probably, yeah, yeah. I'll <laughs> say a million, maybe. I don't yeah, know. something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's all about to happen in December. And we would ask for prayer for Jotter and Luisa and Benjamin mm-hmm. uh, as they begin to transition to Brazil. Uh, and also just be praying for, for what his transition toward uh, leadership in church planting looks like that. Uh, like looks like I'm not sure how that works out in the, the Brazilian church, which I think is about five times larger than the PCA, <laughs> actually. Yes, yeah, the, um, the you know, the, the Presbyterians were really like, uh, that's the, a really large denomination down there in Brazil. And I've taught at RTS for years, and I always was so impressed with the Brazilians. But I know who my favorite Brazilian is. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, let's, let's be praying about that. Um, I think it would be great to pray just for the support of that church plant mm-hmm. as well. And uh, also just for, for God to connect you guys with the right people. We've talked a lot about how to find those people. Amen. So what would you say to folks as we close uh, about where you're going and what you'd like for them to pray for? Yeah, we need a lot of prayer. The plan is for us to go back to our church and spend a couple of months uh, trying to having a Sunday school or a lesson specifically mm-hmm. geared towards church planning mm-hmm. so that we can get the church people involved in planning as well. And it could be a little bit more structured when we go out there and, and actually start establishing a church. So it's not only me, Louisa, and Benjamin going out there by ourselves <laughs> and, and trying to plan a church. Uh, so I would pray for wisdom. I would pray for, for maturity, uh, for, for God to work in people's hearts and give them a desire to spread the gospel and to yeah. live the gospel and to love the people in that neighborhood. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I have the uh, great blessing, not next year, but the year afterwards, to go down and teach at their seminary. And so I'll be checking on Jotter and Louisa and Benjamin and uh, maybe give a little report back mm-hmm. back to, to you guys. Jotter, we really love you and Louisa and Benjamin and are so thankful for you. And um, I'm glad that more people in Highlands have had a chance to get to know you. Mm-hmm. If you'd like to meet Jotter and Louisa, uh, you can approach me on a Sunday. I will make sure to, to connect you with them. Thanks for being on the podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome to the third segment of the podcast, Joseph's Pocket Full of Vision. And today, who I just interviewed, Jotter Santos, is going to talk a little bit about prayer. Thank you, Joseph. Yeah, just with the Sermon on the Mount in mind, Jesus teaches Christians a lot of things, and one of the things he teaches is about prayer. And he, he assumes that Christians are praying already. Uh, not only that, but there's so many times that us as Christians, it's easy for us to pray when we're supposed to in church or in Sunday school or in, in Bible class, when there's a time for prayer, but it's harder for us to pray when we're alone. When we have time, when no one's watching, uh, are we really drawn to God? Are we really drawn to talk to Him, to open up our hearts to Him, and to ask for help? I would encourage you to separate a time of your day, every day, to have time to open your heart to God, to the King of the universe who loves you 
more than you could ever imagine. And that is your pocket full of vision.